Today's message has been brought to you by Faith Family Church in Billings, Montana. For more information, visit faithfamilybillings.com. Well, we got this. We can put 2020 in the, yeah, in the, throw that calendar out the window and put up the new one. Uh, Yeah, I got a, you know, this time of year you get a lot of things from different people and I got a little blurb. It had 2020, but the last zero was a roll of toilet paper. (laughs) And then 2021 was a inoculation injection needle, you know, standing up as, as the number one, so... Yeah, we got lots to look forward to. <laughs> Let's uh, open up. We're going to go to Proverbs 24.10. And I'm reading out of the New American Standard Version. For some reason, that seems to be my favorite. I can't get my wife to read with it with me in it. She uses different translations, so we are sometimes not reading the same. If you are slack... In the day of distress, your strength is limited. And then one translation said, if you are faint in the day of adversity. So we can look back and not only last year, but those of us that have been Christians for a long time, we can look back and see God's faithfulness to us throughout the years and how he is... uh, been there for us, he's watched over us, he's brought us through. I was uh, coming back from Shelby with a a load of uh, about a half a beef of frozen meat and about 15 to 20 miles south of uh, Shelby, which if you don't know where Shelby is, it's almost into Canada, it's two hours north of Great Falls. And uh, I was doing 80 on the interstate and blew a rear tire and pulled over. There's not a lot of traffic up there because, you know, not a lot of people going to Canada. <laughs> so it's not like here, the interstate's real, real busy. And I remember I'm driving someone else's vehicle. So I'm thinking, you know, where's the spare tire? Where's the jack? Where's the, the lug wrench, you know? And, and uh, I popped the trunk open and I walked over to the driver's side passenger door and opened it up. Because I remembered seeing, I thought, the lug wrench on the floor uh, board. And I just looked back at the, and I, and I thought of, you know, God is, I'm so, faith, I'm so glad that God is here with me. You know, it was, I, I got this, you know. I don't know how it's going to turn out. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know and all those things. But I know God's faithful. And I know he's, he's going to take care of me and take care of us. And so sure enough, you know, I got, got the spare changed out, but the spare was kind of spongy. So then I drove about three miles to a little co-op, and they had an air compressor. I was able to blow it up and then head to Great Falls. and yeah, Got a new tire, tire-rama in Great Falls. So it uh, wasn't what I had planned on, wasn't what I had expected, but, you know, we got through it and we made it. And, you know, we shouldn't as we have experience with God, when troubles come, we shouldn't be faint. We shouldn't fall apart, so to speak. We should be, we should realize that, you know, the Bible, as pastor has reminded us several times, the Bible says that, you know, tribulations will come. The Christian life, or even if you're not a Christian, there's troubles in this world. It doesn't say that you'll have a life without troubles, or you'll have a life of of ease, but the Bible says that 
You know, the Holy Spirit is with us. He'll never forsake us, even till the end of the age. So a lot of times when people pray and say, well, pray that God goes with me. And I'm like, well, where are you going? You know, he he already promised that he'd be with you. So So just think back of of all the times that that he has been with you. We don't want to be like the Israelites. Uh, Think about the Israelites, the, the ones that came out of Egypt. They saw the miraculous. They saw... You know, the waters stand apart. Some people feel they were frozen. Other people say they just were held up. Either way, you got dry land to walk across, and you're going across there, and then a couple days later you're complaining. Um, You know, you didn't remember what God did for you. Uh, So don't walk like the Egyptians. You know, the the Egyptians were... um, kind of the same they walked they they walked into this red sea seeing the supernatural but not acknowledging it uh, i'd like to think if i would had been there i would have you know said hey wait a minute you know <laughs> why are these waters not you know covering back over this dry spot and what trap does the enemy have for me but they were oblivious to the supernatural so i want to encourage you this year to do a couple of things um, one is to be more conscious of what God is doing in your life. To, I don't know if you need to write it down, make a journal, or, you know, make a memorial uh, of the things that God does in your life because God is moving all the, in, in our lives all the time. So Israel didn't acknowledge it, and we know that only a few of them, Joshua and Caleb and Uh, came through the rest of them were replaced by another generation that did acknowledge the supernatural and had some faith so we want to look at doing a lifestyle we should have a lifestyle of of believing god a lifestyle of faith Um, the word lifestyle says that it is the way in which we live that's Kind of pretty basic. Uh, so the things that you do repeatedly develop a lifestyle. I know we have a, a neighbor down the street. He's across the street in a couple houses west of us. And his lifestyle must be gardening because he's got beautiful flowers and his lawn's immaculate. And that's just his lifestyle. That's what he deems important to, to him. So we need to develop a lifestyle and one of the things that happens this time of year is that people will uh, join health clubs. If, how many of you have noticed that people will buy exercise equipment, they'll make New Year's resolutions, they'll go to a health club and they'll exercise. Um, but unfortunately, if it's not in their lifestyle, it'll be short-lived. And a lot of, you know, uh, when I was in high school, our school did Monday, Wednesday, Friday classes, and then Tuesday, Thursday classes. And at the beginning of the semester, they set up the gymnasium with booths. And you had to go to, you took your schedule, well, you took a, a requirement sheet, I guess would be better, because you didn't have your schedule yet. And you had to go, and so you went to the English booth, and you found out how many credits you needed, and then what classes were available, and you tried to schedule that. And... I had filled out all of my all of my schedule, except for I needed one more PE class, 
And so I went to the booth where it was PE, and the principal was there, and he was, you know, signing people up. And I told him what class, what day I needed. I needed a Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and I needed it, I think it was second period, first period. Uh, and he said, well, that's full. You can't, can't take it, you know. And, and I said, well, it's the only one that I can, only way I can negotiate my schedule. And my coach... Uh, was over in another booth. Apparently, he overheard part of this conversation. So he came over, and he took the clipboard from the principal, and he, he looked at it, and he says, won't last, won't last, won't last, won't last. And he, he picked off about 10 people, and he said, he said, sign them up. There's enough people on this list that won't make it past the two or three weeks. Be, you know, because it's not their lifestyle. Um, they don't, don't have it now. The Bible, uh, the Christianity is all about changing. So if you haven't exercised physically or done some of these things, it, I'm not saying it's too late or you can't do it. Uh, the Bible, uh, the gospel is, one, you get born again as you are, your spirit changes. Two, you renew your mind uh, through the, the reading of the word and study, and you change the way you think and you, your habits. So the Bible is all for changing and changing our lifestyle. But I found out early that, um, you know, that people will be energetic and go, uh, go hung, hungo. Yeah, so is that how you say it? Gung-ho, thank you. And, uh, you know, they'll, they'll sign up for stuff. The other is, what, Chinese food? <laughs> <laughs> they'll sign up for stuff and then not stick to it so uh, let's go to James 1 4 James 1.4 says, And let endurance have its perfect result, that you may be perfect and complete and lacking nothing. Another uh, translation said, And let exercising have its perfect result, that you may be perfect, complete, and lacking nothing. God doesn't want us lacking nothing. He doesn't want us to uh, have lack in our lives and through, even though sometimes exercising is hard and believing God in, in tribulations and, and turmoils uh, requires us to maybe be uncomfortable. Uh, I know my daughter and, and son-in-law, uh, Jamie and, and Brent that live here in Billings, they spent three years uh, looking for the perfect Chinese restaurant uh, that did Chinese food the way they liked it, just to have it closed from... The, you know, the the COVID. They were, so it was a smaller place, and I guess it couldn't weather the storm. You know, so there's things that are going to be frustrating, but as we go through them, uh, <laughs> we'll make it. Um, so our our topic is going to be uh, doing is a lifestyle, and we're going to go to Colossians three twenty. And that's in the go eat popcorn area of the Bible there. <laughs> <laughs> 
Colossians 3.20 Children, be obedient to your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing to the Lord. Fathers, do not exasperate your children that they may not lose heart. Slaves, in all things, obey those who are your masters on earth, not with external service as those who merely please men, but with sincerity of the heart, fearing the Lord. For whatever you do, do your work heartily, as for the Lord rather than for men, knowing that the Lord that sorry knowing that from the lord you will receive the reward of the inheritance it is the lord christ whom you serve for he does for he who does wrong will receive the consequences of the wrong which he has done and that without partiality i was looking in bobby anion's commentary and kind of getting that idea of what what Paul, who was Paul writing to and what were they going through helps us understand. And uh, he mentions, he says, the city of Colossae was located in a very wealthy area in a region of Phygrum. There were three cities that worked together in the area of business and commerce. Laodicea, Herpolos, and Colossae. Much of the wealth of this area came from wool. In the church of Colossae, a schism began to develop between the shepherds, who were generally, un, generally uneducated and not wealthy, and then the businessmen, who were educated and very wealthy. So there was a, a, a difference in the, the two groups. So I guess you could say that uh, Colossae was a blue-collar town, um, Billings is kind of that way. We're kind of a, a blue-collar town. So what, what do we mean by that? It typically means that the sustaining uh, industry is going to be agriculture, manufacturing, mining. Uh, if we look here in Billings, probably two of our uh, biggest employers are hospitals, but we have a lot of outlying agriculture that comes in. So every city will have plumbers and electricians and you know people doing construction. But what is what is... Why are people coming to the area? Why are they coming here? Uh, my son-in-law lived in the Shelby area for uh, years, and he mentioned that he's noticed that a lot of the manufacturing that used to be in Great Falls is now in Billings. So Billings is becoming, and we know that it's a hub here in this area, for, uh, for and, and probably, you know, the, the having the three yeah, uh, oil uh, refineries is another big industry in this area, so uh, we're kind of in that same way. So let's look at these verses in detail. And I know verse 20 talks about children. Um, it says, children, obey your parents in all things, for this is pleasing to the Lord. And then verse 21, fathers, do not exasperate your children for they, so that they do not lose heart. But as leaders, we're always going to have new people coming into our, uh, into our, or hopefully we always have new people coming into our group, and we have other people that uh, may feel that, you know, they're, they're being called to other areas, or physically they're moving out of our locality, so they'll be moving on. 
So what are, what are we going to do as leaders when we have new people coming into in among our group? Uh, first of all, we should show them what we expect, and not only not by just by telling them, but actually by showing them uh, <clears throat> and giving them instructions in detail. I know whenever I started a new job, I, you know, you're kind of uh, have a lot of anxiety, or, or uh, you, you want to do a good job. You want to be, you know, but you you're looking at uh, and, and sometimes you don't retain everything they show you on the first day. Uh, Chuck um, Miller became an usher here not too long ago, and we were talking, and, and he, he said, I, I, I don't know how to usher. I don't feel like I've ever ushered before. And, and so I told him, I said, well, you know, Rick's an usher. And uh, he said, yeah. And I said, how, how hard can it be? <laughs> 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 but <laughs> I love you guys. <laughs> and and Rick and Chuck have a thing have a thing going if <laughs> so I played into that. But we you know, I, I appreciate that. Um I'd rather have that in a in a a person that we're training for leadership than someone who, oh, I know everything, or, uh, yeah, I can figure it out on my own, and then they don't do it correctly, or they only do part of what you uh, wanted. So the other thing to do with new people is inspect. Um, you know, only uh, you're only going to get what you inspect. So if you have somebody do something, and then you don't take the time to follow up and check and see how they did. How are you going to coach them uh, further? How are you going to explain to them that what well, you did, you know, and, and we don't want to be nitpicky. I think that's what he's talking about. Um, <clears throat> don't exasperate your kids. Don't, you know, always tell them it's negative, it's negative, it's negative. Uh, when I was a lab manager at LensCrafters, about every, it was supposed to be twice a year. It usually happened about once a year because of traveling. The regional manager would come through and give my lab an inspection and he was my direct boss and he always found something that was wrong uh, so we got to talking one time and, well if he didn't find something that was wrong they wouldn't need him you know as kind of job security but, <laughs> <clears throat> but you know coming and each time inspecting and looking and seeing how things we were making progress over the over the years that I, I worked for them and and that was because that his position was to inspect. So we need to uh, not just assume when we ask people to do a job, but we need to, to look into it and see that they are doing it. The other next thing is uh, verse 22. talks about slaves. In all things, obey those who are your masters. And I like the translations that say employees better than slaves because that's probably more accurate but, uh, and masters, probably employers. So what was happening in, in uh, this church in Colossae is you had employers and employees in the same congregation. And outside in the world, they held one position, and then when they came into the church, it's quite possible that some of the employees were over the employers in, their, in, the, in the church working. And apparently this wasn't going over so good. So... 
uh, Paul is addressing them and telling them that doesn't matter what position you are in, do the best that you can. Do, the, do your work with your, your whole heart. Um, not just working when the boss is coming or, or around. Um, you probably, I know none of you have ever done that, but you've probably worked with somebody who has, that you know, they are kind of slacking off, but when they think somebody is going to notice, they you know, act like they're busy or actually become busy, but they're not that way the entire time. That's, calling, that's called eye service in the Bible. You look like you're doing something when you're really not. You look like you, you care about the, uh, the job or the, the position, but your, your heart's not in it. Uh, be singleness of heart. And, you know, the Bible talks about fearing God in this verse with sincerity of heart. So why are you an employee or an employer? Um, it should be to bring glory to God. It should be to, to be good at what you are attempting to do. Um, when I hired new people at the lab, I didn't expect them to know you know, we had a had a course that they went through, a training, and but I expected them to try, and I expected them to care about the product that they were, you know, attempting to make. Verse 23 says, whatever you do, do your work heartily as for the Lord rather than for men. So when you're doing a job, don't say, well, I'm raking this lawn for, you know, for this person to get get paid. I'm doing this job is unto the Lord. If this was the Lord's yard, how would I want it to look when I got done cleaning up and raking and taking care of it? The word to do is one of those straightforward words. It really survived translation pretty good. Um, another one is all. Uh, it means back then what it means today, all-encompassing. And do is the same way. So we can use words like uh, do means uh, to act or conduct oneself, uh, to be in action, to behave, to perform, to execute. Do your work wholeheartedly. Uh, there are no big or little jobs. All of them are important. Let's go to First Samuel. First one to first Samuel gets a prize. <laughs> Verse seven. But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not look at his appearance or the height of his stature, because I have rejected him. For the God see for, for God sees not as man sees. For God looks at the out oh, I'm sorry, for man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. So when you're doing your job, be aware of God. God knows your intentions. I'm sorry, chapter one, chapter 17. Did I not say what chapter? Okay, First Samuel, <laughs> First Samuel 16, seven.
sometimes we can look at people and we will judge them, we'll size them up and we'll think, boy, they're the perfect person for this job. But their heart may not be in it. They may be the, the last person that should be put on that job. Uh, a couple of attitudes that people can get with em employment is uh, this is a stepping stone. This is just something I'm going to do for right now until something that I really want to do comes along. Um, it's not wrong to look for better employment or to move yourself up in position, but I think it's wrong to have that attitude that I'm just going to do just enough to get by because after all this is you know, just a, a stepping stone for me. If we look over in Colossians 3.17, it says, Whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord. Give thanks through him to God the Father. So not only should we be working with a whole heart, we should be giving thanks to God. We have a job that um, he's meeting our needs through that employment. He's given us the physical ability to uh, to work. You know, some people uh, forget that uh, it's God that created us and made our bodies function and breathe and, and work as they do. So we need to give thanks to him for that ab abilities that we have. Turn over to Philippians. Four thirteen. You know, sometimes I've taken on jobs and I've not known exactly how to do it. Uh, God knows. God know, God knows how to do the job, and God's probably better, uh, probably the best, and pick a. Pick something and, and fill it in. He's the best sheetrocker. He's the best painter. Uh, you know, there's times I've I've looked at something and gone. So then you watch three YouTube videos, <laughs> and those can help. But still, ask God how how to to look at, at them and ask Him to help you. Uh, it says in Philippians 4:13, "I can do all things through Him who strengthens me." You know the the Bible talks about the Holy Spirit being a helper. And a lot of times we think of the Holy Spirit as a doer. The, the Bible talks that he will help us to do as we step out to do. He'll give us the strength. He'll give us the understanding. He'll give us the, the words to speak. And as we re learn to rely on him, we'll become better and more proficient. And it will come easier and easier to us. Let's look at Matthew 25, 14. So sometimes there's things in the Bible that it doesn't come straight out and say it, but I think that we'll see it in this verse. This is Matthew 25, 14. For it's just like a man about to go on a journey who calls his own slaves and entrusts 
his possessions to them. To the one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, accord, one and each according to his ability. And he went on his journey. Immediately the one who had received five talents went and traded them and gained five more talents. In the same manner, the one who had received two talents gained two more talents. But he who received the one talent went away and dug in the ground and hid his master's money. So we see that verse 16 says immediately that the two of them, well, all three of them did something with the talents immediately. The, the one with the five talents went to, wor- went to work, and the one with the three talents went to work, and the one with one talent dug a, dug a hole so that he could bury it. And then verse 19, And now, after a long time, the master of those slaves came and settled accounts with them. And the one who had received five talents came up and brought five talents more, saying, Master, you entrusted five talents to me. See, I have gained five talents more. And his master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful in a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. So the one with five talents uh, immediately started... um, trading them, working them to work for a gain. And the underlying thought here is that he did something. He made, up the, his, he made a decision that, you know, I've been given this, I'm going to do something with it. And what he did was rewarded by his master. His master said that was the right thing to do. You did well. So he, in, in, he gave him five more talents and rewarded him and called him a good and faithful servant. Uh, I want to be known as a good and faithful servant. I want, that's, you know, a goal that I, I want to be good at what I do. The one who had received two talents came up to the master and said, Master, you entrusted me with two talents. See, I have gained two more. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful in a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. And the one who had received the one talent came up and said to him, Master, I knew you were a hard man, repaying where you did not sow, and gather where you did not reap. And I was afraid and went away and hid your talent in the ground. See, you have what is yours. So he went dug up the pet talent, apparently. He dug, had dug a hole and buried it. Now he dug it up and, and brought it back to the master. And the master wasn't pleased with that. He hadn't done anything with it. He hadn't dude. <laughs> he hadn't, hadn't did. He, he had just put it in the ground. And he gave an excuse why he was, you know, he was afraid. Um, and the master said to him, you know, you wicked, lazy slave, you knew that I reaped where I did not sow and gathered where I scattered no seed. You ought to have put my money in the bank and on my arrival I would have had money with interest. Uh, take away the talent from him and give it to the one who has the ten talents. So the underlying thought of this parable to me is that 
there's different levels of, um, of talent that people have, but we can all do something with what we have. And the one who absolutely refused to do anything with what he had was not rewarded at all. The other two were both rewarded with the master saying, good job, and giving them more. So we can see from that that this is what we want to do, is we want to be able to do, um, and, you know, we don't have to be perfect. Do the best that you can, and as you go, you'll continue to get better and better. Go to Philippians one twenty one. For me to live is Christ and to die is gain. How are you making a living? How are you, what are you doing? And when you leave, what do people say about you? And I'm not talking about when you pass on. I'm talking about when you leave the job site. Do they have to send somebody in to clean up after you? Or do they have to send somebody in to uh, fix what you didn't do or didn't do correctly? Uh, our lives are representative of Christ to those around us. Uh, a lot of people um, don't know uh, Christianity in its true sense, but they may never go to a church. Um, but if they see you living a godly life and living a Christ life, they'll know that there's something to the, the gospel. Let's go back over to Colossians 3, <clears throat> 23. Whatever you do, do your work heartily, for as the Lord rather than men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive reward of the inheritance, and it is the Lord whom you serve. So as we work for the do our job as unto the Lord, the Lord will get us or reward us and it may come through promotions inside that company, but it's the war, it's the Lord that is rewarding us and giving us um, increase in our in our life. And then verse 25 also talks about uh, the the negative part of this for if he who does wrong will receive the consequences of his wrong, which he has done, and that without partiality. So a lot of times you can get your foot in the door, so to speak, but it's your character that will keep you there. Uh, if, you just, if you're given an opportunity and you think that you're going to um, succeed just because you're a Christian and you're not willing to do the work, you're not willing to do what is needed to be done at the, at the job, uh, the Bible says you will not receive a re reward. And that God's not partial. Um, 
so he's not going to promote you over someone else that's doing their job just because you're you're one of his kids he still loves you that's not the issue but he's going to expect you to do your work and to do what you need to do and then last let's go to Ephesians 5 1 imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love just as Christ who loved you and gave himself up for us as an offering and a sacrifice to God as a fragrant aroma. I've often wondered as I'm doing a, a job, what would if Jesus was doing this, what would it look like? Uh, I'd like to have bought a table or a, a chair or something from the, the Joseph's carpenter shop. and Jesus was an apprentice and Seeing what that would have looked like, I got to believe it would have been good quality. Uh, it may or may not have been fancy by our standards with machines and you know different. Th but the, I'm sure the quality was was not uh, skimped on. I'm sure the quality was good. Uh, I've often asked myself as I'm doing a job, and what would it what would this look like if if Jesus was here working with me? What would he be What would he be doing? What would the result look like uh, we're supposed to be imitators of god in everything that we do <clears throat> so i can encourage you this year to again make it a lifestyle change to be more aware of, the, of what's going what god's doing in in our lives in the supernatural and also to to be faithful to work and to do what uh, God's put before you. Don't look at it as a stepping stone. Uh, I started putting water in the pulpit in a church in Safford, Arizona in 1987. And I have done that uh, in every place that I've had the, the position to do it. There was some churches I was in, I wasn't in that position, so I did not do that. But if I would have looked at it as a, uh, and, and God impressed me just, Bless the pastor. That's how I started doing it. That's still why I do it. That's my, my goal. But if I had started doing that and thinking, oh, this is going to get me, you know, well, 30-some years later, <laughs> you know, it didn't work out that way. It's just a blessing, and, and I'm, I'm glad to be able to do that. Um, so don't look at what you're doing now as just uh, something that's a stepping stone Look at it as an opportunity to, to share the love of God that's in your heart by walking out. Uh, I recently left an organization after having been with them for five years, and, and I called the leadership and I explained uh, my position and, and why. And there was nothing wrong with the group. It just had come time to leave. And the, the secretary uh, gave me a really nice compliment. He, he said, well, Herb, I don't know what you're going to do but I know because of your integrity and your faithfulness to this organization, you're going to succeed wherever you go. And I was like, wow, I didn't even realize anybody was looking. You know, I didn't realize. Sometimes we don't know that. Sometimes we don't realize the people that are watching our, our walk, our life. They maybe uh, never mention it to us, may never tell us that they're uh, 
seeing if we walk out the Christian life. But be imitators of God. Look at what you're doing, whether it's employment or uh, whatever you're doing throughout the day. Look at it. Is this the best I can, I can do it? Is it? Am I doing it wholeheartedly or am I just doing it uh, to get through it and get it done? Thank you for taking the time to listen today. If you would like more information about Faith Family Church, including service times and location, visit faithfamilybillings.com.